0: Uh, what's your least favorite thing?
1: The patriarchy? <laughs> Hello there, and welcome to The Recommendation Game, a bi-weekly film podcast where we take turns to recommend a film the other was not seen. We watch them separately, and then we Skype to discuss them. Uh, my name is Orla Babilis. I am joined by
0: my name is ricardo <laughs> deacon
1: <laughs> my name uh this week's film oh you're listening to dublin digital radio uh this week's film was chosen by ricardo in what i think is our second brazilian film first
0: no first brazilian second latin american <gasps> i think no first no third third, latin third. American,
1: yeah 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 because yeah, we did we did a thor recently uh, and it is uh the invisible life of what's her name Say it again the Invisible Life of Yordichi Gusmao from twenty nineteen. apart by a terrible lie. Years pass as two sisters forge their respective paths through their city's teeming bustle, each believing the other to be half a world away. Ooh, I like the teeming bustle. That's that's the Google one. That's actually pretty good. This week's film was picked by Ricardo. Uh, Ricardo, uh, why did you pick this film?
0: I just, well, like, I think it was uh, about high time that I picked a Brazilian movie, considered uh, um, originally <laughs> from Brazil, and Brazil has a very good uh, and ample history of making good movies. So it's not like there's nothing to pick there. You know, like, I'd be more hard-pressed. Like, there, for Uruguayan cinema, there'd be only, like, two or three movies that probably you can go from the top of your head to pick. And they'd be good movies, but, uh, you know, it's just they're the best uruguay movies not to say that they're unbelievable unfortunately just because the industry is not there well brazil yeah. there is a huge cinema industry that is uh completely paid for by telenovelas because all these actors <laughs> uh probably like work in telenovelas for the money and they're able to make uh movies that actually matter uh for no money not to say that the quality of telenovelas in Brazil are really high uh, that's why they are exported everywhere and oh. also they're really high because even if the writing is garbage it's like these amazing actors you know <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> in them so and they and they take it seriously like if it was fucking shakespeare you know um <laughs> so it is quite enjoyable you want,
1: though. you want like you want the drama the melodrama like oh my god
0: so i picked this movie uh because i i was really impacted by it when i saw it the first time i watched is one of these movies that you i watched on uh, film festivals in the dublin digital dublin digital in the dublin film festival and uh, I'm so used to saying Dublin's digital, radio. though. as soon as I say Dublin, <laughs> it end. just wants to, like, continue. <laughs> it just goes on. And Our
1: noble patrons.
0: That uh, We went to see it in uh, a Dublin Film Festival. And I really didn't know anything about the movie. I just kno- knew that it had good notices, sometimes for festivals in particular. I Because you're less likely to just walk into a turkey because... Usually, mm-hmm. like if they're if they got picked for the festival, at least there's something interested, interesting in it. Especially if it's a movie that doesn't really have uh, a big push behind it, like a famous director or a famous actor or anything like that. And I just knew it was Brazilian and that uh, it was two hours and twenty minutes, and it was in Dublin in Dublin, fuck's sake, in Dublin <laughs> Film Festival. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just say G-diff because that's the way that it is in my head well own. like it's not
0: <laughs> Jemson anymore it's the Audi I, I one know. so it's A-diff
1: oh was it not what was it in between it was like Virgin or something
0: yeah it? I think it's Virgin yeah. now I think it was Audi yeah. for a couple of years yeah but weird I I really got uh, taken back by how emotionally I was affected by the movie I think it is very it's melodramatic but without the melodrama like the plot is like a telenovela or like an Almodovar <laughs> movie almost but it's played so
1: Almodovar oh my god
0: <laughs> but it's played way more realistic let's say way less uh, it, it is very much almost cinema verite even though like some of the camera angles and shots are just unbelievably pretty but mm. I think that it, it It allows for like really big emotion without being too big, let's say. Even, you know, any other movie you have, you'd have like the main character having a breakdown in this movie is like almost, you know, it's not like a performance. You know, if it was an American movie (laughs) and uh, you have, I don't know fucking who would be in that role in American movie. Be maybe like Margot Robbie or something would be like uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah and she just be like quirky. screaming, going <laughs> like ah, where is my sister? Ah, and starts burning things, <laughs> and the movie <laughs> uh, allows itself to just give you the 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 information without resting on the information. Even whenever they mm. uh a uh, good example is when the mother dies. The the father just lives there now and it's just one line there's no you don't spend time the movie is two hours and 20 minutes long in it but at the same time i don't think that there's a wasted moment in it it is very much there's a very very good pacing in it and it covers a lot of ground with two characters uh so it covers pretty much like the young life of these two characters and gives them eco weight and I think that the balance and the mirroring between the two stories are is very beautiful. Like how it dovetails both themali- thematically and narratively to comp- uh, to um, to complement each other. That it's the the right kind of movie. That it doesn't feel like sometimes like this that it feels like two separate movies that you just didn't have enough plot to make one movie. So you just like slap two movies together. Mm-hmm. But this is very much. Like, they could operate as individual stories, but you'd be missing so much by not having the other side of the story. And, like, that scene when they're, like, in the restaurant and they're almost about to meet, I was, like, screaming at the... <laughs> uh, at the, You know, you're so, like, oh, come on, look this way or whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, if the waiter hadn't been such an asshole, they hadn't been able to get seated, like, everything. Yeah.
0: And I do think that the um uh, whatchamacallit, that the movie uh like it's very touching the ending as well. Like I think it's a movie that really lands the ending as well. You you feel whenever watching this that it's like, oh is there gonna be a payoff or are you just watching suffering for two hours and twenty minutes? And thankfully there is a very uh, a very emotional payoff that I think it's earned. And uh Fernanda Montenegro would sell anything she's such a good actress whenever like she sees like Guida's granddaughter and it's being played which is such a good decision to get her to be played by the same actress that plays her sister back in the 50s Uh.
1: Oh, I didn't even cop that. Oh my God, yeah. But like they (laughs) style
0: her just right that it's like modern Mm. Brazilian woman and stuff. I think that the production design uh, is unbelievable. Like it really feels like it's the 50s, but without like you know, doing, like, a madman on it or something that it's, like, too obvious, you know? like
1: uh, yeah. yeah, it's not very wiggy, Yes, yeah. how I would describe it. <laughs> and also, in
0: fairness, I don't think it'd be too difficult because, like, fucking Brazil hasn't really changed since the 50s. Like, uh, <laughs> As in, there are places that are br- brand new and stuff that, obviously, like, the capital, like, Brazil, it didn't even exist in the 50s. Like, Rio would have been the capital, I believe, in back then. But also... It is the weird thing of having like modern cities in such tropical climates that the w- like everything gets weathered really quickly, and moss grows in fucking everything, and mm-hmm. you have like weird shit in your house like lizards and stuff <laughs> that just walk in and it's like oh, th- there's a big lizard on my wall now. Uh, <laughs> even <laughs> Sao Paulo that is like I- way s- uh, further south than. Rio where I grew up in Sao Paulo is on top of a plateau in the mountains and it still was like that that you'd have loads of feral animals just fucking (laughs) roaming the city like (laughs) what the fuck but going back to the movie um I do think that there's a in the guardians review of the movie by Kath Clark from uh, 2021 um Mm -hmm. I think that it hits the uh, nail in the head. She says, so the two sisters spend their 20s apart and aching for each other while living in the same city. Gita's life is harder. A single mother, poor, working two jobs. But in her own way, she's happier for not having to have sacrificed her own identity. Mm. And I think that it's a really good story about like patriarchy patriarchy was it patriarchy yeah how in subtle and in subtle ways it affects how women are like what options you have and i don't think that it is uh, that different nowadays in brazil like uh, Mm. i think in some places including like ireland or canada there is still a huge issue of misogynism both uh, professionally and personal in society but it's less, um, you know, like a single mother in Ireland and Canada is still might be looked at weirdly, but in Brazil, especially if it's by choice, you know, like if oh, you're a widow or you're... Uh, that's fine. But if it's because the husband left, usually you get blamed for it for whatever fucking reason. And then also the country is not prepared to look after your kids, as well, so y- you end up having to have these support groups like she has in this movie that th- is not the um, state that facilitates your advancement. it's actually finding people that are in similar situations or similarly uh mm-hmm. inclined to help and I think that that friendship in this movie between um uh the the character yeah. sorry.
1: Fila? yeah
0: between fila and uh, guida is a uh, uh, really beautiful friendship uh uh female friendship in the movie that like there there's not that many you know like we discussed this a lot uh it, yeah. it's hard to combine uh a, a friendship that is just there's no uh people there's no drama between them like the drama is around the movie let's say and even yeah. when they meet it's like Immediately you can see that they are like kindred spirits even though like they're in complete different situations and have completely different outlook of life at the time. I don't think that we've mentioned it before but I was thinking watching this movie and like Petite Maman and and similar movies that I think that there are such a thing as love stories that are not romantic and films mm-hmm. that are about like a, it, it is structurally in every way a love story but it is not one that is sexual or romantic in this case it's clear it, it is a love story between two sisters and is you know if it was like like a, the same thing happened but it is like a a boyfriend and girlfriend you go like oh the most romantic movie of the decade <laughs> Uh, Just because it's
1: like uh, the last black man in San Francisco, where it's a rom com about a house, (laughs) yeah. Like,
0: it's (laughs) it's it's amazing. Whenever you like, I think when that clicks in your head, you start realizing Mm. why the structure of the movie is the way it is, etc. And it shows also how like support really matters. That I think that Gita is able to live now just because, like, because she keeps her son, but also because she finds feel it like she has somebody else to live for and even though you can see see having a good relationship with her daughters and her family all together like the like and in a way kind of settling down like you at the end the her sons and daughters seem to be happy and that they had a good life and that they liked their life and etc mm. but it meant sacrificing everything that she was because there was nobody batting for her the same way that there were people batting for for Gita. And I think that it's also the bit of being poor that her son, in a way, Gita's son is less needy in a way than, you know, it, it's one of these weird things in society that because you grow up with your mom all the time if you're you're the housewife, you know, it's kind of mm. like you feel abandoned if she decides to get a job or something. But if you mm. always grew up getting... It's like, oh, I just want you to be happier kind of situation. And I like how even the... How there's a... Uh, the, her granddaughter is in the school system. that You can see that she followed up like Fila's kind of thing that is like how you touch lives and how you affect lives do does matter. They, you, like mm-hmm. the, the, the ripple of the pond eventually like you know you might not know which waves you're creating but they're waves nonetheless and you don't know how far they'll go but even if it's just a couple of generations a couple of people that had it slightly better because of you you realize that you're doing that uh, without further ado um, what did you think of the invisible life of Rujisi Guzmó <laughs>
1: Uh God, I find this a very stressful film. Uh, Not in a bad way at all. Um, I saw like a few different reviews where people had like described it as like a sensory experience, which I think is uh, very much captures it, that it's quite overwhelming in like visually like the sound design, everything, even from like the opening uh, the opening scene where they're running through the forest and stuff. It's like it's very intense. (laughs) Um, Like this film... It's a lot, <laughs> but, like, in a great way. Um, yeah, it's I find kind of interesting, like, there are so many articles talking about how, like, like, this film is so lavish, and it's, you know, it's, like, a bit too much, but, like, you know, so what, like, you know, it's, we, we enjoy it anyways, I like, <laughs> I feel like sometimes... In like I don't know we have to like sort of talk ourselves into liking me mo- or into into like movies like this where it's like even like Dovar movies as well where it's like it's just it's like <laughs> it's just a bit too camp or something I don't know and like we're just too like I don't know maybe that's like a kind of a like Irish English American thing of kind of being like a little bit sort of like oh Jesus you know it's a bit sort of like <laughs> I don't know it's it's the same way as like you know, when sort of Irish, English, whatever, reviewers are reviewing, like, movies that have a lot of, like, sex in them as well, there's always, like, a little bit of repression there in the background. (laughs) And I definitely got a touch of that whenever I was, like, thinking about this film and also, like, reading about it and stuff, and I I find that really hilarious because, especially movies like this that, like, uh, like, religion isn't quite the, the target here as it is in, like, Almodovar movies say, but like it's still there in the background, you know, of like in the way of like the patriarchy and the and the like rebelling against it and stuff. Um, but I find that really interesting when I was thinking about this film. Um, I think I said this to you yesterday that uh I watched I rented it on Apple because I was like, I don't want to fuck around. I'll just I'll I have the apple, just rent it. And um uh whatever was wrong with the version I had, the subtitles were fucked. So they were they were like too slow. So they would come up and they would kind of bunch up on top of each other. So I kept like, so you would have them up on screen for a really short amount of time. For the first kind of like 20 minutes into the movie, I had to like keep like refreshing it to try to get it to sort itself out. And then it did. So that was kind of annoying at the start. But um, I think I did sort of struggle a little bit a little bit for like that first period to kind of get properly immersed in the film. Um, but then I I switched from my computer to the TV outside and I had these headphones on and like that made such a difference because it was so like immersive with the sound and everything. And like, God, this is a beautiful movie. Um, the cinematographer... Um, she uh she she um, like she's she's done um Agnes Varda movies like the beaches of Agnes um she also recently shot the the Maggie Gyllenhaal film um The Lost Daughter um like she's done she's worked with just like every top European director you can think of but um I think she made a movie with
0: Claire Denis as well
1: yeah yeah, yeah um we did a Claire Denis movie didn't we
0: 52 shots of room.
1: Yeah, we did. God, that's a long time ago now. Um, yeah, God, man, this woman can shoot interiors. Bloody hell. Like, <laughs> there's oh, so... There were parts of it that were almost like Ozu or something, of like, watching through door frames of like, often like, really, either really like, passionate scenes. Like, there's whenever like... <laughs> She's like, um, what's her husband called?
0: Uh, Antenor.
1: Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> we'll get to him. Um, and they're, they're like, right, not a sofa. But it's like, they're kind of blocked by like the piano, I think. But the, the, the filming is so sort of like, not dispassionate, but so just like, calm, detached. Just like, it's, oh God, it is such a st- stunningly pretty movie like it really really is and like not quite well, as like it has for- the most formalized. beautifully
0: shot handjob scene <laughs> i <I've> ever Say,
1: <seen. laughs> yeah oh my god god yeah it actually it made me think of um in the mood for love at points in it's framing as well because like when she's uh in the restaurant scene when she's like washing her hands and kind of like staring at the in the mirror or whatever and like she's right at the edge of frame there's a lot of like sort of people very small at the edge of frame and like that god and the whole thing with like um (laughs) where she's looking through the fish tank um and I was like, oh my god, is this going to be like a Romeo and Juliet type situation where they finally see each other? Like, you're sitting there like, come on! <laughs> and it's she sees her father and she's like, we're leaving right now. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's, and she doesn't even think that her sister could be there because in her mind, her sister is in Vienna. And like, it's it's just and like, this man is like this fucking immovable block between these women, like, is <sighs> it's palpable and it's horrifying. Like this is a horrifying movie in a lot of ways. Like it is both um a very it's a very horny movie and also a very like distressing film, I would say. And like there's there's nothing that like like freaks me out more in in like movies or television than like a person having to like being forced to carry a baby to term when you know they don't want to and it's like, and that to them it's like this my life is over now and they just have to go through the whole horror of a pregnancy without, you know and the guilt of like not wanting the child that you're about to have and stuff and like, oh, there were so many scenes of like, cutting from like someone finding out they're pregnant and like, them just suddenly being really pregnant and you're like like that that scene whenever um, she's been to the doctor and he comes home and he knows because the fucking doctor has broken patient confidentiality and told him and he knows and he's like coming home to like you know he's like oh it, it seemed like he said that you weren't you didn't seem very happy about it so he told me and she's like brushing her teeth like Oh my god, I find it so stressful and like she's amazing because like they're both amazing. They're they're amazing actresses, but um she's like she's such a like child in a lot of ways that like you really see it in their wedding when she's like she's like jumping on the bed and stuff and like you well, when can they feel do all the just...
0: poppers, yeah. Yeah.
1: I love that. Though, like he doesn't even ask her if she wants some. He just kind of goes poppers. Here you go. And he's like that whole scene is so. It's such a like muddle of like. Does she want this? Does she want to do this? This seems a bit wrong. Okay, why are you? Why are they in the bathroom? Ah, uh, where in the bath? Uh it's like, and he like sort of kisses her at the end, and it's like it feels really uncomfortable because it's like. It's not like malicious, but it's like he's he's fascinating. I love I find their inter- their relationship really interesting because like he is basically her father, but like when we meet him, he's still kind of like young and you know fresh marriage and all that kind of stuff. Like what you would have imagined her father would have been like, what her her parents were like whenever they were young. So as you see him progress and like as <laughs> hilarious as that. He looks so much older than her, like not even in in visuals, just in manner like he's such a like man going out to the office or whatever, you know, and she's so like, like wild and kind of gangly and and, you know, and like uncomfortable in these weird domestic situations in like every sense. And like, it's so it's so interesting because like you can feel her like itching, you know. (laughs) of like all she wants is to go and play piano and no one will let her have it and it's not like it's not like she can't do it either you know it's not like it's some pipe dream like this woman is an amazing pianist you know and like it's just yeah god I find it I find it so crushing but then in comparison to Gita like I find it so interesting how each, each sister has a woman in their lives or in like I suppose well Gita has one, but then obviously the other sister's name I can't say. Um uh she has her mother as well, but like at some point I think Gita says that her mother, or maybe maybe not, I can't remember who says it, that her mother is just in the shadow of her father. That like she's not able to really exert her own. Yeah, like it's Gita that she or, says basically that yeah. her mom
0: has become just like an extension of her father. So there's not yeah. even a point of trying to get through to her because if her father <laughs> yeah. says that Gita is the worst person in the world, doesn't matter what Gita does, her mother would react to her Go the way that it. she's been ordered to.
1: Yeah. So like she's not even really a support for her at all. And then like her friend. What's the neighbor called?
0: Uh
1: <gasps> <laughs> the woman who's like, <laughs> Tazinha. <I> <laughs> She's kind of like, you know, I, I need to have an abortion. I need to have an abortion. And her neighbor's just like, oh, but it's sin. I'm like, Fila would never, Fila would never.
0: It's <laughs> Filomena, yes, but I think that they call her Fila. Yeah. So like, would you yeah. be short for him?
1: Yeah um but yeah it's just it's just fascinating because the two are so mirrored against each other of like one very like incredibly supportive relationship and one you know of a person who doesn't have a lot of people around them but the people who are around them is they're so incredible that and even like you know her her little boy and stuff like they're all this incredibly strong little units in their amazing little apartment and stuff um god i was so obsessed with the apartments in this oh my god 1950s brazil jesus christ um they but have then, a like, panic Mary. attack
0: whenever she goes to uh, a Hibolata as they call them, Brazil-like party, uh, the mm. day after she gave birth.
1: She just, She literally pulls an IV out of her arm and goes and gets ready. And then goes... Puts tape <laughs> over her <laughs>
0: belly and stuff.
1: Yeah. And then she, <laughs> she's like in the fucking toilet. <laughs> she's in the jacks with your man. Oh, like, Oh, my God
0: yeah Yeah. she starts lactating yeah. and the guy's like i don't care
1: <laughs> yeah he's into it <laughs> yeah oh bloody hell i, I think that uh. we
0: should talk about antenor like i think it's uh, like uh, mm. there's been like an interesting discussion i see in different reviews and stuff like n- not between uh critics per se but i think uh culturally let's say on the on the milieu of reviews that i've read there's different takes o- on Antonor that it, which would be a very uh, important part of the movie because he is mm. representing in a way what culture is what the idea of the country is in a way like what the idea of like a successful family and a successful man was back then and um, in the Irish times it says uh your Euugisi meanwhile is trapped in a loveless marriage and isolating motherhood to local brute Antenor the marital rape that characterizes their wedding night sets the tone for the ghastly relationship and I think like I've seen that across the the board but I think antenor is not. Like, he's completely Uh not the right person for Ero Juicy. And I don't think that... Like, I think he's more, like, societally bad, you know? It's not that he's specifically an asshole. He's just doing the thing that he thinks is the best way. And also, he has to, in a way, deal with a person that is stronger as a person than him. But Mm. has to... Like, nowhere in the movie, no matter how you know i think it's a very wise decision that the movie like he never hits her in the movie he de- like whenever he argues with her he's actually in the right you know that she's mm-hmm. been lying to him and stuff that it's not the problem it, you know sometimes the the problem is not what you did is how you did it that is like she didn't even consider involving him in the decision of maybe having to go and get him work or whatever not to say that it, obviously if she wanted to do it go do it but if you're in a couple and you have a kid you're gonna have to decide like who looks after the kid uh, how your life is gonna change and it's just like Mm. add the conversation it's like it's just that she doesn't see him as part of her life almost it's almost that when Gida leaves it's like okay i'll just do whatever fucking people tell me but even the, Mm. the the opening thing i don't think that it like he i think is not rape in itself. It is kind of like a, a, a fucked up sex scene because you can tell that Ulujisi doesn't want to do it. But she, he doesn't exactly force himself on her. He just no. doesn't stop. But at no point she says no either. It's kind of like really... It's a very gray area. But it's not like the type of uh, rape that you would see as marital rape. That is actual rape. You know, like... um. Like you know, like yeah, a physical it's... over, like over uh, taking of the the other person, you know, uh, and I think even in the other sexings, they they never change, but you you can see, it uh, just uh, just going like, okay, let's do do it now, so I I can go. It's like a a, <laughs> a, a duty yeah. almost, and you can see.
1: Yeah like i think whenever they're riding on the sofa she does seem to be enjoying it you know I, as which is like obviously a you see the progression of their relationship in that sense that like she's not just kind of like you know it's not just like it's our wedding night we have to have sex it's kind of like you know impromptu and like she's as long as they're not having sex on the piano she's kind of okay with this you know like it feels very different than like <laughs> saying that that dude has the funniest sex sounds
0: well like every man in this movie come (laughs) like with the most (laughs) (laughs) over-exaggerated
1: it's so funny I was like, it was really good i was like that's a lovely touch um yeah no no the that's interesting who reviewed it in their times
0: it was tara brady She gave it five stars. Like, it's not, she's not criticizing the movie for it. But I think that it is kind of, I don't know. I've seen other reviews, not just her. It's just like, uh, it's the the review that popped in my head. But there's a lot of reviews that refer to him as a brute. And I think clearly even at the end, how the movie shows how, like, the kids thought that they had a good relationship.
1: Like, yeah, and like she's very defensive of him in those last scenes as well I thought like you know, if your father kept it, it must have been important, and you know, and like yeah that that scene is like it's kind of conflicting in a lot of ways, but I think that's what the the movie is intending,
0: yeah, there's nuance in this, but it's
1: it, it well, yeah, but that it's supposed to be a combination of like her fear and discomfort. But not necessarily, you know, like not, she's not disgusted with him, you know what I mean? Like, it's a very, and he's sort of like a kind of bumbling into it, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, he doesn't even really have the thought that like, you know, bring her to the bed, you know, don't try and have sex with her on the bathroom floor. Like, wow. <laughs> you know, Like, it's... And like Or like that he tries to kind of have sex there in the bath and stuff and like none of it really makes any sense. It's like they can't quite connect because it's, he just is, he's so sort of like clumsy and you know and like playing a role or something like I, I, I don't know it's it's yeah it's, it's uncomfortable but also kind of sweet at times as well. Like that's why it's such an interesting scene and like that it goes on for a while and like sort of takes place across like the blocking is really interesting as to how it sort of moves around the the where are they a hotel I actually
0: don't know. yeah i think it's um, uh, the her parents bedroom uh, house or his dad's house <laughs> or something <laughs> is
1: it oh god but Ugh. i do
0: think that it's a uh, uh, like um whatchamacallit i think it's interesting why you mentioned that like Antonor is basically like yellow and gita's father and on a rewatch the the I think the popped up to me is the scene whenever they find Gida like the grave because whenever Filomena dies, mm. they bury her as if she was Gida. Mm. That you can see Antenor disgusted uh by the father and the father is such a fucking snake that he says that it was the mother's decision to do it and then whenever st- people start criticizing the mom is like don't bring your mother's name into this she was a saint <laughs> what a snake but the Antonor is disgusted oh. by what the father did but then mm. whenever it was his turn when he got the letters like when the father died he, uh, he still got, didn't he, give them
1: to exactly her. I wrote you three hundred and sixty-five letters. <laughs> like, <laughs> I did think that I was like, literally for, for their entire lives together, like most of their lives together, realistically, because the the dad must have died like, you know, relatively soon because he was pretty old. So that dude held on to those letters, didn't get rid of them, held on to them. I was like. What was your goal? But also, like, like I
0: do think that it's interesting because so uh, I think he would have given the letters if there was a chance that Gita was alive. But because he thinks that Gita is dead, he thinks that there's no uh... change. That giving the letters is not going to mm. change anything. It's just going to make it worse because they were living in the same city and they could have met each other. Because Gita stops writing, like the last letter that she writes is the one after Philomena dies. So yeah. it, it it does make sense in a way, like it's uh, it's not just out of sheer malice to try to keep her apart from her sister. The same way that what the father, then. like her
1: dad, yeah, yeah. But
0: also, it's very interesting that the dad kept those letters as well, because it's in a way he never was able to let go of Gida. There was like this thing that yeah. is probably he thought that maybe one day he'd uh, he'd. Uh, there'll be a way for her to do something yeah (laughs) yeah i i do find that uh, hilarious also how portuguese people fucking speak portuguese like if their (laughs) jaws were like they just went to the (laughs) dentist and their (laughs) like lower jaw can't move I like <laughs> the the father and the boss are both played by Portuguese actors, and I was like, "Thank God there's subtitles in this because I can't understand a single <laughs> word that they're saying." Really? Yeah, yeah. So
1: they weren't Brazilian. Oh. They're Portuguese.
0: Like that's why they that's she's writing the letter that whenever she's going to Greece, that the first stop in Europe is in the place of his birth. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They explain it. <laughs> that's interesting. There's a lot of, in this film, um, people who don't have the tools to deal with what's happening to them. So, like, they don't, even, like, the dad or whatever, where he's sort of, like, you know, this horrible misogynist prick. But he's also, like, very entrapped by the society that he lives in. But he also has no possible way of taking himself out of it. Whereas, like, the two sisters, to a certain extent, can like, especially Gita, like, she's able, like, like um, that review was saying, um, she really is able to live the life that she kind of wanted in a way, because, or, like, in, on her own terms. Um, whereas, like, the men in this movie are so ill-equipped <laughs> that, like, it's kind of sad, really, when you think about it, because in the end, their lives are more miserable because they're unable to, like, you know reach out to their daughter or, you know, or, or like, a, like be supportive of their wife. Yeah. Because, like, even like, whenever,
0: like, the mother is dying of cancer, uh, the mother keeps mm. going how the house is going to bits because she's not doing anything. And then instead of maintaining the house whenever she dies, like, the, he has to move in with his daughter <laughs> because he can't even do the garden or whatever, you know. it's It's very much, like... Men of that generation in South America, including my grandparents or whatever. like Well, one of my granddad it's, it would have been rich enough not to do anything in the house. Like, uh, you know, like not a single row. Well, my other grandfather would be like, you know, I make the barbecue and I even build furniture and I do the garden. And that's mm-hmm. it. Like, if you ask me to hoover or to like fold my own clothes... It's like, bitch, please. <laughs> like, he wouldn't even cut his own vegetables for the salad that he'd eat every day. Like, my granny had to do it. And then he had to, but he would be the one that would um, condiment the salad because it had to <laughs> be <Condiment> just perfect. <laughs> but the thing is that, like, and I'm not criticizing my granddad for that, it's just something that is very Latin. I, I i don't think it's very just latin but it is very latin that you kind of you do one thing to help out in, around the house like in this it's like antonor clearly is the guy like he looked after the plants you know like the yeah it's uh montenegro is like oh he gave the medicine on the wednesday or something i don't know
1: oh yeah where well she can't remember what day he fed the plants exactly and, she's like, and was it wednesdays or fridays and she's like bloop, bloop, bloop. and <laughs> oh. it's a
0: and it's like a lovely detail whether well she's wearing a glove to cover the the burn that she had from yeah. uh the, like that scene is so hard whenever they're like talking about institutionalizing her because they can't give her medicines because she's pregnant again yeah and I also think that like, like this movie does give the like especially because of the ending w- the way that like the grandkid is so helpful as well like th- they have a really good family unit and it's the way that you you can never really know th- your parents lives well w- what happened yeah. like it's their version of, like obviously it's even more the case if your parents are still together because there's st- some truths that you can't say uh, anymore like after thirty, forty 30 40 years of marriage or whatever you can't like oh Mm. i really didn't like him in the beginning and just put up with the chap you know you can't like
1: (laughs) if your parents have split up like mine
0: you get a little bit more detail about things because you know like the you don't have to deal with the relationship you know oh what if uh uh my son, like, slips up and goes, oh, mom told me th- that you were like this when you were a teenager <laughs> or whatever, you know, like... Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, they might weaponize it in the future, so... I did find it kind of interesting how, like, at certain points, um, uh, certain characters are almost treated like ghosts or something, so how, uh, like, Gita's Greek bow, you never really quite Yorgos. see him. Yeah, Yorgos, he's... <laughs> Such a Greek name. He's, like, kind of there. You can kind of see his face. But, like, he's such a, like, the way that's shot, it's so sort of, like, fleeting. And, like, then he's just gone. And then she's just gone. And, like, I find that really interesting that, like, even the fact that we don't see, like, um, Antenor. Like, we don't see their, how they meet. We don't see their, like, courting. We don't see anything. We literally, like, hard crash into their wedding day, you know what I mean? And there's no like explanation of why well, much time has passed or what or anything. It's just she's in a wedding dress. <laughs> I'm like marrying this middle aged looking man. With so many pearls
0: um, in her hair. I know,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was so confused. For like the briefest second I thought she was Gita. And I was like, what? <laughs> and she's there with her fucking snake neighbor as well. Um I'm scandalized.
0: Well, like, I think that she's kind of, she also kind of helps, uh, Uruji. I think it's not like mm. she's not that much of a snake. She doesn't rat her out or anything. It's just,
1: yeah, that's true. And in fairness, she was gonna help her as well, even though she was like scandalized or whatever, but it was just that her husband had found out because of the snake doctor. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, any, any. Closing
0: thoughts? No, like, uh, it's just interesting to, like, I don't know. It's uh, it's kind of weird to watch a movie where, not where you're from, you know, like, because when you watch a movie mm. set in Ireland, you're probably, like, considering also that I've driven most of Ireland for the job, The you see anything in Ireland and it's like, oh, yeah, uh, I've been there. Oh, that's interesting. You know, like, I remember watching that movie Savage a few years ago in the cinema
1: Oh, my God, yeah. So bad.
0: But also had, like, this weird geography issues that, like, uh, they'd be uh, walking from (laughs) Temple Bar and then they're (laughs) suddenly, like, going past Whelan's and then they're, like, by the George and then they're, like, in College Green. Uh, What the fuck? Where is he going? Um, (laughs) And nobody else in the world would... Well, like, I mean, not nobody else in the world. Anybody that lives in Dublin would get the... the, the issues yeah, but if how, it's like in how america stupid or whatever the
1: is. it's funny actually i was watching um what's that daniel radcliffe movie that's set in toronto and he goes to dublin Oh uh,
0: the the uh, was it the l words or something uh, the one with oh, Adam driver. the driver
1: the f the f yeah. word yeah, yeah, yeah i love that movie because i love watching movies that are set in toronto because i like spotting places and also they literally filmed like up the road from my apartment at like one of the cinemas and stuff um, so I love like like you know seeing the geography it doesn't make sense on the Toronto side of things but they also go to Dublin so I also get to see Dublin and see how they fuck up that geography so like there's a whole montage where she's like they're going to his house but it's like <laughs> it's the same thing where it's like oh they seem to be on Westmoreland Street going to the north side oh all of a sudden they're at College Green oh, sudden, like, like, like
0: six times in that trip <laughs> (laughs) Uh, Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. (laughs) and it was like oh i know all those places (laughs) so i was literally just sitting there like (laughs) this
0: guy's like he takes a call like Uh, in the in the (laughs) leafy by the by the uh, heineken building (laughs) and it's meant to be like just outside his like high powered office that he pops out from and it's like man it's like so so do you have any favorite things
1: I um, I think it's Gita and Fila's relationship, I think. Because those scenes are, they have so much joy in them and then whenever she gets sick, it's like oh. <laughs> Where she's like, you know trying to get the drugs and stuff and oh god. Also, I do love that Gita's like a welder or something as well where she like gets into her like uh, her like overalls and stuff, um, but yeah, I just.
0: Oh, the Christmas like, flower.
1: Like a, oh, the Christmas flower! We're like, <laughs> you're like Christmas flower, Christmas flowers, so and she like takes over to like turn it on and stuff, and yeah, um, it's it's so beautiful because like, the way she describes her and stuff and how because she looks after everyone's kids, everyone's able to like, you know. Work and stuff, and like she's a sort of like elder within the community and stuff. And yeah, it's just it's really it's really beautiful. I love their dynamic. I love a lady that just doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, what was your favorite thing?
0: I think it's uh, the how the movie is put together. um Like, it's not like we were talking about like art direction and stuff. I think that it's uh, like a combination of art direction and cinematography there are some incredible shots that stay in my mind there's one shot that it's like the city skyline of rio and uh it's just showing the lights at dusk and somebody moves Mm -hmm. like silhouetted around uh the in front of the lens and it's just so pretty but i think that it does help across the board that they set the movie in Rio rather than Sao Paulo or any other cities in Brazil because it's so vertical. Um. Because of all the the mountains around it. So, like, you have this uh, ability of having, you know, people going downstairs and going up hills. And, you Mm. know, there's a lot of shots from above looking down. Even where their apartment is, it's, like, interesting. Kind of like... uh, ramp towards the apartment from the staircase and they have the the staircase coming up the whenever they bring in the pianos like oh jesus before stair climbers (laughs) existed
1: oh god so stressful jesus christ
0: you see some melodrama sometimes and i think that the when it comes to melodrama i think the uh, one of the reasons that i always kind of struggle with almodovar uh even though i do like his movies but i usually kind of in the middle i i don't love the way that some people do but i don't think that mm. they're uh, bad movies in any shape or form is that it is not as artificial as a douglas sirk movie mm. but it is not completely realistic let's say so like there, at all points i'm like people are acting here and then sometimes it really works like in the scene whenever we're watching the uh, that movie with panderas that he's a director that he has the the monologue
1: oh uh love and um no uh i was gonna say love and mercy that's not the name of it oh god what's it called something
0: and something yeah uh, but like in that movie he uh, uh, there are moments that really works in and, and th- that is one of the most uh, low down realistic films of omodova but in yeah, general yeah, like yeah. this movie it's melodramatic in plot but in performances very everybody's so real you never like i never thought oh you're sitting down watching a play you know, especially since it's based on mm. the novel, structurally and thematically, I think sometimes when movies are based. Pain and Glory. Yes, that's Sorry. the one. <laughs> that's sometimes uh, and not pain and gain, not to be confused with pain and gain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. That I think that a lot of movies that are like. Okay, is there. A lot of movies that are based in uh, novels, sometimes they have this extra depth. Because the filmmakers are not able to cover everything the the novel covers, but the the fingerprints the same way as uh, uh, Faraday, the scientist would say that you know that somebody was walking in a beach because you just are able to see the, their footsteps, so you can mm. y- you can know that somebody was there and feel their presence because their footsteps were as were there his argument was like about spotting black holes in stars is that just because you can't see it doesn't mean that there's no evidence around it but i think that similarly when somebody adapts the screenplay to a book there's a lot of things that get cut out but there's a backstory there that there are reasons for and adds a a depth to a story that sometimes when people write screenplays the screenplay makes complete sense but because there's not like 200 pages worth of backstory that you're omitting it's just like most of the story is what's being shown there's a there's less texture you know what i mean uh and and you could say that something that is based on somebody's life would have that texture as well but usually those movies would be taking into account maybe what you know about them but also they have a mission to like portray won't think about that person's life well a movie based in the book like this is more trying to put the point across of what lives are rather than a specific uh, mm-hmm. meaning on them but yeah like uh, uh i really enjoyed this movie i'm glad that they're it's kind of sad that these y- these movies are not made in the mainstream at the same time but it does give it mm-hmm. like mainstream in the sense of like uh, American cinema because it is the like like it or not the biggest market of filmmaking and most movies that I uh that I watch or T V shows would be American made but not to the same degree as some people. It's probably like fifty percent American and then fifty percent everything else which is like Yeah it is a a balance there but at the same time it's like one country versus the world (laughs) yeah but at the same time it does open up success stories like this movie that if people are looking for that kind of movie they're able to go and find them from other countries i think that the more you watch from other places the more you're open to you know how like human experience is one you like the same everywhere it's just like the address changes uh what's your least favorite thing?
1: Mm. Um, the patriarchy? Down <laughs> with the patriarchy. <laughs> this time <laughs> I could even
0: pronounce it.
1: Um uh, 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 yeah, uh, like as I said like it's quite a stressful movie and like I watched this on Friday and uh afterwards I I like <laughs> My way of de-stressing these days is um, by cooking a lot. So <laughs> often after very, very long days at work where I'm like running around like a lunatic, um, I'll like, go home and like cook a big mad dinner. And that's what I did after <laughs> making this movie. So I guess that's not really a bad thing, but um, I made a big, I made a delicious pasta sauce. Um, and I made garlic bread and roast potatoes. Um, but yeah, it it kind of... Unnerved me at times. This film, I think, um, and yeah, that that unsettled me a little, I guess. But at the same time, it's good to be unsettled. So, yeah, no, no bad things. Really, super things. The fucking font in the title. <gasps> I like the font. It was fun. It kind of reminded me of um, uh, Zama. Yeah. Right. Someone else. Yeah. It's a very. It's a very like. Latin American thing actually because Azor had like very jazzy font as well. It's always like font, graphic, but like in a very jazzy color.
0: <laughs> yeah, like well like that was a bit yeah. of a joke but um, <laughs> I do think that the
1: I'll defend that font to my death.
0: <laughs> I think that the yeah like I don't know I think that maybe the dad is the only one that has, has no redempting qualities um in the movie that everybody yeah. has a good point, point of actually. view and everybody has like a reason to do the things that they do like i think that him pushing it away is completely fine but also him being a dick to a jc like you know it would have been way more interesting mm. if he was a good father to a jc and like fomented her piano play and whatever is that his line is like either religious line or one about um, b- propriety kind of thing, that he'd probably mm. be happy that she didn't go to uh, or to Vienna, that it's fi- like the compromise of going to an institute in Brazil to learn to play the piano. That's okay. And also it's like he could see it as a hobby. That is not about the mm. end game It's like not... Like, even though she might say openly that, I, oh, if I do this, I could get jobs as a pianist, but they could be just, oh, oh yes, the, darling, yes, that'd be great, wouldn't it, that you got a job as a pianist, mm-hmm. or darling, you know, being really... Patronizing towards her, but at the same time allowing it to happen, and for Antonor to be the one trying to stop her, I think it's the only thing that it really would change. I don't know where exactly, because obviously that would have an effect on the overall flow and other things in the movie, but I think that he has no redeeming qualities because he's a bad husband, a bad parent to both of them, a bad grandfather. Like, yeah, he yeah, he doesn't even, he's not a particularly good businessman either. Like, there's nothing in a movie that everybody... He's kind of just shit. Exactly.
1: <laughs> and, like, when he's, like, aggressively de-scaling that fish. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Like, whenever Gita appears and he's just like, Scrape, 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 scrape. <laughs> like, oh, I love their highs so much.
0: Yeah, like, uh, I think that just about wraps it up.
1: Uh, (laughs) Uh, Yes, uh, great pick. Thank Um, you. I very much enjoyed it. Um, Even though Apple committed a lot of sins against me this week and that was just another one. Uh, (laughs) That's fucking subtitles. So annoying. Um, But yeah. uh, So if they want to go back and watch our other very small collection of uh Latin American films <laughs> regarding where can they you find us. You can find us
0: on Facebook, The Recommendation Game, at the Rec Game on Twitter. The recommendation game at gmail dot com is our email. And uh the, we're on every second Monday on eleven to twelve on Dublin Digital Radio. And we're on Spotify and all your podcasts are of choice and uh, you can see or listen to our back episodes on the uh, Dublin Digital Radio Mix Cloud as well. And if you want to support independent radio, please uh, support the Patreon page for Dublin Digital Radio. So, Orla, what's Hello, next yes. week's pick?
1: Uh, we are watching Flea uh, from 2021. Wee. Narrowly missed out on the Oscar. Uh, yeah, wonderful movie. Very excited.
0: La <laughs> I was Ricardo Deacon.
1: Hmm. I was Arnim. Until
0: next week. Or the week after. Whenever. See you. Bye. Bye.